In the Catholic Church, heretically-based defenses are considered especially heinous. In the Catholic podcast world, the dedicated fellas who investigate these vicious heretics are members of an elite squad known as the Roman Circus Podcast. These are their stories. Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me is, hey, just because it's Thanksgiving, don't call this guy a turkey, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Thank you for, uh, thank you for raising awareness of that, that important instruction. It's, no, it's, uh, it's very important. Tweet us at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Z A C Mabry. That's Zach Mabry. You can find us on iTunes. Rate and review us if you want. You can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. I had someone ask me why I say that because if they're listening to the episode, they already know where to find us. But uh, it's a thing they say on the weekly Substandard, and I like that podcast, and I decided to say it. You can email us podcast at romancircusblog.com. Zach, we have a for the full hour, we have a special guest with us tonight. It's Father Tim Grumbach of St. Augustine's Catholic Church in Culver City, California. The best introduction I've ever gotten. The best introduction he's ever gotten. Welcome. On the Roman Circus Podcast. <laughs> welcome, Father Tim. Zach. Yes, welcome to the circus. Yeah, thanks. You know, we got something uh here at the parish, we call it Jadassa, just another day at St. Augustine. So y'all might want to come up with something like that. Jadassa? Jadassa, just another day at St. Augustine. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Zach, if you could uh, workshop some Roman Circus podcast things along those lines. Jadark, just another day on at Roman Circus. <laughs> Jadork. J- J- Jadork, just another day on Roman Circus. There you yeah. go, Jadork. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Father Seems Tim. super original. Father Tim, what we do at this point is I say, Zach, what's in the news? And Zach tells us. What's in the news? What's in the news? Zach, what's in the news? Okay, California is is burning down. Yes. Except except here in Culver City, California. Yeah, we're good here. Yeah, we're good here. There's so it's, much cement between us and the fires that it's not going to make it that no. far. So you guys are good? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're good. Are you good? Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. Like, the map makes it look like the whole state's on fire, so I wasn't really sure. No, I mean, there is, it is, like, really on fire. Yeah, I've got but, a priest who's a, a priest friend who's in Malibu, and he had to evacuate. Uh, for a while, but uh, he's just about to get back into there. Wow. So, yeah, it's a pretty intense. He's got a family, well, 25 families who've lost homes. That's really intense. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really intense. That's a lot. So, yeah. So pray for Malibu. Oh, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, have a, I have a bit of news, but you can't see it uh, if you're, because no one's watching this podcast, but Father Tim is rocking a killer beard right now. And I'm going to miss it when it's gone. Because this is this is really important news. Is a friend of mine is raising a thousand dollars for me to cut it off within the next couple of days. He started it yesterday. We're already at six hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. Yeah. So oh, once it gets to a thousand, then you cut it's it gonna off. be time to cut it off. So that could be like tomorrow. Oh wow. Before Thanksgiving, but my mom will be so excited if I go home without the beard. <laughs> yeah. But the the deal is, I've got to cut it into a killer mustache, and right now my mustache will be killer. Okay. Are you yeah. going to go with handlebar or are you going to go with... I, I might. You okay. Know, it, it might look like the, the guy from, uh, what is it, American Chopper. Okay. You know, he's got like the, the handlebar that goes like down his neck almost. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. That might be a cool style that my parishioners love. I mean, looking at you, I'm, I'm getting worried you're going to go orthodox on us if the beard <laughs> gets any longer. Yeah. Well, Archbishop Gomez uh, once kind of said it at my direction, not really to me, but like if a priest is going to have a beard, he should become a monk. And I almost said, don't tempt me, Archbishop. So, but here I am. <laughs> well, th- that was a name drop. Um, yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> um. <laughs> it won't be the last one. Yeah. Zach, if, for those of you that listened to last week, we 
Zach dropped a whole bunch of names. It took us hours to pick them up after the podcast, but it was worth it. Like Tahani from The Good Place? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I that. still haven't watched The Good Place. Everybody tells me I need to. Is it So, like, there's this, like, the good franchise of, like, The Good Place and The Good Doctor, mm-hmm. The Good Wife. Um, I think there's a few other ones. It, uh, is this one is a good place? Is that one I should get involved in? Should I watch it? Yeah, the good. I I do like the good place. Have you seen it? Yeah, I, I'm I'm all cut. No, I'm a, a couple episodes back. From, okay, from being caught up right now, but I I find it delightful. Yeah, no, it's it is very it is very charming. Yeah. I'll watch Kristen Bell in anything. Though. Uh, that's kind of my <laughs> that's my policy. Hey very hey nice. uh, hey guys! I went and saw Jake in South Carolina this past weekend. Old Dad Nista. Went and visited him and his family. Went to a Clemson football game. Mm. Ate a ton of Southern food. That was great. It, uh, yeah, he's uh, he lives the life out there in South Carolina. It's nice and peaceful. It's a nice part of the country. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, and it was not on fire like this part of the country. Yeah, but they'll get like tornadoes and stuff, won't they? I I didn't stick around long enough to see any of those, right. but yeah, they yeah. also I think might get snow or oh, snow-ish. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know they do in North Carolina. Snow adjacent? Yeah. yeah. W- would you say it was not on fire, but at the same time it was lit? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll we'll say that. That's Okay. Now, uh, let me let me continue the news. I've got I've got one job on this show, oh, okay? Okay. <laughs> So everybody that's listening, um, after the show, after you're done listening, you need to go to your refrigerator and throw away all of your romaine lettuce. Oh, no. What happened? That's what I had for lunch today. Oh, I'm glad it's, you're there's here. A, yeah. No, there's a major E. coli outbreak, and the CDC has warned, don't eat any romaine lettuce. And so I'm just going to not eat any vegetables to be totally safe. Okay. <laughs> how, does this, how does this change from your normal food policy well it's it's on purpose now <laughs> and I, I, I don't feel guilty about it <laughs> yeah that's good okay so uh california's on fire and don't eat romaine lettuce Has yep and we're you know we're about to have thanksgiving holidays mm-hmm. nothing major really happening other than that yeah my Dad texted me that they are they're going up north for Phoenix, northern Arizona this year for Thanksgiving. So for the Baker family, Thanksgiving is canceled. Zach, really? Yeah, canceled like with all caps. Ca- canceled with all caps with the flashy light emojis. Yeah. It's illegal. <laughs> is that still a thing? Yeah, you were off illegal. Twi- you were off Twitter for a bit. I've, I've been off Twitter for like a month and a half, and so I don't know if any of the memes are still alive. No, it's still alive. Are people are still being memed into salvation. <laughs> exactly. Okay. As, as okay. long as as long as the other Twitter priests are there, there oh, will be. Okay. Yeah, they got it handled. Memed, memed straight into salvation. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. That's the news. All right. Well, and then I guess the last thing. Okay. Is uh, you know, thanks to. Uh, dear Pope, I believe it was actually Pius the Twelfth. This Friday, you can eat meat and you don't have to do a penance. So, really, there's an indult. There's an indult for Catholics in the United States for yeah. the Friday after Thanksgiving. Father, is that is that correct? Yes, that's my understanding, and uh, it's, it's so that we don't uh, lose all of our leftover turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and but I I would still caution people that there's still no beef on the TL. No beef on the timeline. Right. I think we should allow it this time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 People it's might, what Pius XII would want. Yeah, yeah. People might be too tired um, from all the tryptophan to, mm-hmm. to have beef. But for those who are capable, oh, yeah. maybe an indult will be a, <laughs> a special, special beef. Thanks. Yeah, my parish usually sends out an email reminder to everybody that says you can eat meat today, like Friday morning after Thanksgiving every year. Okay. So they're all about it. Nice. Good. Can't wait. All right. I mean, you can you can have you don't have to wait. You can have meat today, though. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna go to Chick Fil A after this. Then it's already decided. Right. But you can it should still be open. That's one of the worst. That's one of the worst things I would say about the no meat on Friday is that that's two days a week that Chick Fil A you know is sort of off limits. Right. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. It Once should be closed close. on Fridays and open on Sundays because mm-hmm. every Sunday I get a hankering, then every Friday I get a hankering, and it's just it's incompatible. Right. And Sunday is yeah. It's 
day of celebration, right? We shouldn't labor on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So true. Yeah. You know, Jesus said, you know, on, on a Sunday, you're going to free your ox or your ass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and he did healings on Sundays. And I think Chick-fil-A is that kind of miracle. Chicken. Close. Yeah. The, the, the <laughs> ox and the ass are wearing a, a sign that says, eat more chicken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're working on Sunday. Why aren't, why aren't there employees? Zach, that was a good one. Can we just, that was very good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh man, we need to start uh, making people pay for this podcast we probably should i don't know maybe we just always need to wait until past my bedtime to start recording i guess that's when the the good jokes come out yeah you can't stop you can't stop chuckling correct all right so uh father tim thanks for thanks for coming on uh few few uh, background questions. Let's get to know you here for a second. Aww. This isn't like a, I don't want to make this like an interview. Like this isn't a, we're not going to grill you like we're the view or something. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> uh, you, how long have you been a priest? You're here in St. Augustine's. You've been a priest for uh, almost a year and a half now. Really? So, so not, not super long. Just a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Long enough to not, no longer be a baby priest. Oh, wow. But, uh, but still, still one of the youngins of the archdiocese. You have the uh, authoritativeness of a a young, haggard, twenty five year old, twenty five year vet. Oh, okay, yeah, um, I, I appreciate that. It's, it took me a whole year and a half to get there. Mm-hmm. Well, you well you've done it. Yeah. Okay, so is this your is this your first assignment then? This is my first assignment. I started here of July last year, and still I'm still getting to know people. You know, there's there's so many people to get to know. Yeah. Most of them you only get to meet like for a few seconds after mass is over. Sure. You know, like I was just at a, a sick call in the hospital this afternoon, and uh, you know the lady wasn't a parishioner, but her sister called, and her sister came walking in, and I'm, I'm like, hello, and she's like, yes, I go to Saint Augustine. I'm like, oh, nice to see you again. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah. it's it, you know it, it's kind of humbling um, when when you realize how many people there are and how few of them I actually know. So, oh yeah. yeah, no, it's a big church. So it, that's this is the first time I, it was at mass tonight. It was the first time I'd ever been to the church. And it's what, a, what do you think of the building? I think it's really nice. Yeah, no, the building is great. You gave a nice homily about death. Yeah, that was off the cuff, man. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. All day See? I've been like worrying because I had another homily to give right before it and another mass. Yeah. So I have no idea what I'm going to do for this memorial mass, but uh, I'm just building myself up. Uh, no, I, I think it came together nicely. Oh, yeah. No, it was great. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Great. Yeah, look, Zach's holding up his skull. Yes. Memento Mori. Yes. I mean, not not my skull, but a, a skull that I own. Technically, your neck is holding up your skull every moment of your life. Right. Mm-hmm. So you preached about death. What? What? Any? Can you give us the high points? Yeah. Well, the mass was a, a memorial mass for all of our Knights of Columbus who've passed over the years. Oh, okay. And uh, with a special focus on those who've passed this year. So I've done a couple funerals this year already for some of our Knights of Columbus. And um, we chose the gospel reading of uh, Jesus approaching the tomb of Lazarus. And so especially talking with, with Martha and how difficult a moment that must have been for Jesus because he knows how transformative death can be and how transformative it will be. And, and so just, you know, the chances I get to walk with the people here at the parish through moments of death and to see where sometimes they just let it be and it doesn't transform them, but how capable death is of transforming us. And so I kind of walked through one of my favorite points in uh, you know, Benedict XVI, Cardinal Ratzinger's uh, theology about the Eucharist as a sacrament of transformation, how it begins with, uh, you know, life, uh, death is transformed into life, violence into self-gift, um, and then the bread and the wine into the body and blood, and then ultimately us into the body of Christ. He lo- uses this awesome phrase, the, uh, an organism of self-giving, and then that transforms the world into new creation, a place where the, the new worship happens. And so it's, it's pretty neat to be able to fit that kind of theology into a, a, a homily kind of off the cuff like that. Uh, it just felt like it fit right into a, a chance to celebrate the lives of these men who've gone before us. And uh, and make sure to let the people know, you know, we're not canonizing these guys. We've got to pray for them if they still need prayers. Right. Yeah. And so so death is very transformative. And that's that's all over the prayers of the church. You know, so my, my favorite preface is the, the 
preface for the dead where it says that you know for your faithful lord uh, life is changed not ended so it's you know death can do a lot for us death can do a lot for us Oh yeah, that was, that's the gist of it, right? Yeah, no, that was yeah. great. I was definitely awake the entire time. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, <That's cool. laughs> I definitely remember every single word. Like you said, what did you say? Something about uh, Christ allows death for us to uh, right. to grow, right? Because you have that moment where they're like, "Let's let's go save Lazarus." His apostles are, "Are we going to go see the, the, your friend right now?" And right. he says, "No, we're going to stay right here." And Jesus knew he could have healed Lazarus. Everybody knew he could have healed Lazarus. Sure. They even said, you know, in that gospel, not the one we read today, but it's, it's later on in the story, or, or it's earlier in the story. They said, can't the one who healed the blind man, you know, save his friend? And the answer is yes. So Jesus knew what he could do, but he waited anyways. And so he had to let Lazarus die to let the glory of God be known by raising him from the dead. Uh, and, and then so you have this, this thing where Jesus, he's, he knows what death can do. Right. And so he's standing in front of the tomb of Lazarus crying. And we spent so much time in our, you know, biblical studies and scholarship saying, oh, well, you know, Jesus was crying, you know, not because Lazarus died. He knew he was going to raise him from the dead. You know, he was crying because the people didn't have any faith in him. I'm like, no, let, let Jesus cry because his friend died. Because mm-hmm. Jesus knows what death is capable of. Right. Of this, this ultimate isolation from God. But also he knows what it's capable of, like how it's able to transform. And so let's, you know, let's not protect Jesus from his emotions. Let's let him cry from the tomb of his friend because he knows what death is capable of. Uh, great transformation or of great isolation. And so I think he, he had that experience of the isolation right there for a moment. And that's what he was crying for. That's, you know, that's not authoritative by mm-hmm. any means, but that's just my prayer over that passage. So. Zach, that's what you missed tonight. If you were at Mass with me in Los Angeles, California, that's what you would have gotten. I'm bummed. I, I did miss out. I, I really like St. Lazarus um, because, so I, I believe tradition tells us that he was the first bishop of Marseille that's in France. That's right, yeah. And, that, and so that I got Magdalene to... Magdalene was there too, right? Yes, yeah. yeah I, I visited her, um, her the cave that she lived mm. in this summer. You can hike up to it in, in France. Yeah, I hear that's a special place. It, it is. It, it definitely was. I think she lived 33 years of her life there or something like that. Yeah. 30. 33 just seems like a, a good number. So, you know, yeah. you never know. Yeah. But yeah, very cool. So what uh, what was the the push to become a priest, enter the seminary? I, I, I kind of was it for the money? It was yeah. <laughs> no, it was, be, it was because uh, you know my, my girlfriend and I broke up and my surfing career didn't pan out, and so I was like, oh, seminary that seems like a good option. Yeah. Okay, that wasn't it, you know. Yeah, and uh, we've all been there. Yeah, our, yeah, none that, of our surfing careers have worked out. Yeah, Father Tim. yeah, yeah. I don't see you out there in the waves, so it must not have worked out. So. Yeah, <clears throat> my my one off paddleboard career went swimmingly, but that was uh, like six years ago. Well, that so. would have been the problem if it went swimmingly, because you would. Have been swimming oh, all the time falling what, oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. there it is my, my spiritual director once accused me of, of of being the 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 quintessential surfer in my spiritual life because i never wanted to fall off and go deep oh man yeah. he got you yeah burn what would you say to that um, it just means i'm good at what i do yeah <laughs> no no yeah I, i'm still working on it you know no comeback yeah so, uh, so but yeah it, it's it, I laugh about it that way. It's probably not fair for me to say it that way because uh, um, she and I are still good friends. Right. Surfing and I. No, um, no my, my ex-girlfriend and I are yeah. still very good friends. And uh, it, you know, it's not for, fair for me to say it that way. But uh, um, that did happen, but it really gave me space for more discernment um, mm-hmm. from something that I felt I was running away from. So I, I went to Pepperdine for a year after high school. It's my dream school for no other reason than it was, it was Malibu. Right. And, uh, oh, the campus the, is fantastic. Yeah, you can eat in the dining hall. We were praying for them. You know, some of the students were up there the whole time the fires were going. Right. But they, uh, they protected the campus, it sounds like, and kept those students safe. So, you know, how do you get a few thousand students off to somewhere else? And so, um, but I don't know if you've ever been up to the dining hall there. No. But, like, during sunset, eating dinner, watching the sun go down over the ocean, you know, it's, that's a good enough choice to go to a school, right? No, it is. I so I've been to a handful of basketball games up there, and oh, I'll yeah. or, and I'll take people up. Yeah, and I'll take people up there to walk around mm-hmm. too when they're in town, and it's just 
Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So when I realized I was spending more time surfing than I was in class, it was get that was a little bit too expensive. Um, right. You know, surf lessons were getting expensive. Yeah. <laughs> because I was paying for the the school education and going off and surfing on my own. Yeah. So by the end of the year, I I it was I don't know discerned decided uh, to get out of there um, yeah. and save some money. So instead, I was oh, instead I decided to go to a community college and so just kind of uh, floundered around in the system they did everything they could at the school to take care of me and, and try to get me uh, transferring to a, a another school to finish my degree but I just wanted to surf so um, you know I'd be taking two or three classes a semester and working at a surfboard factory yeah. down in Hermosa Beach nice which was sick and uh, and they understood so they they would let me surf pretty much whenever i wanted just as long as i came and got my work done during the day mm-hmm. and uh, i was doing contests uh, nothing really professional or anything like that but surfing against some pros and some small contests and just kind of uh, 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 learning how that goes and, and realizing i hated contests <laughs> hated competition right. um, ended up hating the scene and burning out on surfing and uh, how cruel is that you know surfing supposed to be the the coolest most liberating thing that California has to offer, right? It just stressed you out. It stressed me out. Nice. Um, so I, I remember my last contest was I, I paddled out in Huntington Beach, and uh, I'm a long boarder, so our, our boards are heavy. And uh, I caught one bad wave, fell off, and the board hit me in the head. And I just paddled in, didn't even wait for the scores, and just you know haven't looked back. You and just walked off the sand, walked, walked you know into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and so I still surf, uh, just not three hours a day like I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, you know, that was like six or seven years of doing that, and I just got burnt out on that. And uh, so it wasn't – seriously, it wasn't these things I wanted to do didn't work out, so I became a priest. Oh, it was th- those things were, um, were things I was kind of using to run away from the vocation that I – you know, everybody else knew that I was called to, and right. I kept running away from. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I've got family friends who – said you know since i was like in second grade oh tim's gonna be a priest and mm-hmm. i'm like no i'm not i want to be like my dad i want to have a family you know which are not bad things you know and sure. I, I, I think you know it, it's it's a, a good quality a necessary quality of a priest to want to be a father right um, and to know what it takes to be a father and to have good father uh, figures in his life in some way to uh to to learn from and to learn how to how to sacrifice for a family and and so I, I had that in my dad, and, and I wanted to be like my dad. Want, I still want to be like my dad. What a, who am I joking? Um, but just not in the way that he's a dad. Right. And so um, after a few years of you know, trying to run away from that and everything like that, I, I just got the call. You know, or I finally picked up instead of running away all this time. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's exactly how Zach felt about joining this podcast. It was something he was running away from wow. forever. And yeah, but, but God would not stop chasing you down, would he, Zach? That's true. My my dad doesn't do a podcast, and I wanted to be like him okay. <laughs> in that regard. Yeah, the truth comes out. Nice. Yeah. Well, um, so you become a priest, and then as you expected, you your first year into being a priest, the church gets completely thrown into turmoil, mm. and uh, you you get to you get basically a trial by fire with all that. Yeah. That's a uh, it's it's got to be crazy. I, I mean, everyone. We don't have to make this a depressing podcast, but just the, the idea of, you, everyone looks to people for, advice on how to handle this whole thing. So you, you're coming in fresh, and then you just get thrown into a place where everyone's, coming to you for answers that you probably don't even have. Yeah. Well, you know, first and foremost, I've never felt that there was a, a scandal that that christ was more behind that mm-hmm. he was actually making something happen behind it that's how i felt when this was all breaking um to be honest i'm not so sure right now because things have slowed down <laughs> right and and have quieted down and i remember there was a guy i don't even remember who it was but he's tweeting like every day for like a, a few weeks like it's been so so amount of days since you know mccarrick left and so, you know so many days since the vegano letter and 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 still nothing's happened right and he stopped i think i haven't you know, I don't know, it even, but it, yeah. But it, it it really disheartened me um, how quiet things got after a while. Um, 
I, I, I really want to trust and believe that something's happening, that the bishops are, are doing something. But, you know, just the more and more news that comes out, the, the less and less sure I am. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you know, that part of it's depressing. But I, I still reach back to that fervor I had when this was all starting. Say, the Holy Spirit's doing something, and he's going to burn something down, and he's going to turn some things upside down. And, and this is really an exciting time to be a Catholic and an exciting time to be a priest. Um, but really, here at the parish, I got to be honest, it, it doesn't really feel like a whole lot has changed. Yeah. Um, not, not in a bad way, like nothing's changed, but um, when, all, when the McCarrick stuff was starting up, um, I would preach about it and tell the people about it, but they didn't know what was going on other than what I was preaching about. You mean they're not on Twitter did. 24-7 no, following yeah, every I, single yeah, thing? it's probably better that my, my parishioners don't see me on the Twitters. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, well, a couple of them do, actually, some of the younger folks, and... Um, but it felt like here in L.A., I was just talking with some, um, some of the older priests here in Los Angeles about this, too. So it was kind of affirmed my feeling about what's happening here in L.A. Is that we went through some real tough uh, parts of the scandal back in 2002. And then when was I think it was 2008, we released a lot of our documents um, and names of the priests who have been accused and, and whatnot over the years. And so we handled a lot of the scandal a few years ago right and so this didn't feel new to us sure and, well there's a there's yeah. a lot of money yeah take yeah. transactions taking place through that too so yeah. that was a for that was a lot of forced yeah. stuff right so we really were struck by all this years ago and so the new revelations of uh, pennsylvania and mccarrick and mm-hmm. the vegano stuff it's like almost as if we're like resigned to like yeah this is how the church is we get it already right and so you know, I, I'm thankful for those who are, you know, you know, righteously upset by what they're seeing in the news now. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I do a lot of youth ministry too, and sure. to talk to teens about this stuff, you'll get into a group, uh, a regular group of teens, and half of them to three quarters of them didn't even know there was a scandal going on in the church right now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So here in LA, uh, the way we're experiencing the recent scandals is very strange. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Um, I think that was part of why I needed to get off of Twitter for a little while because it was there was so much anxiety with all of this stuff because, you know, while it's, you know, there's still people right in front of me to anoint, to hear the confessions, to offer mass for, to counsel couples who are struggling in their marriage. And so I can focus on what's right in front of me. Um, but to you know, be on Twitter and be reading all the Vigano letters and, and all that stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of anxiety there. And, you know, I need to pray for that stuff. But, um, but to just to throw myself right back into ministry was what my heart needed. Um, talking to some other priests about how they're handling it, especially with the, the kids in their parishes. And I was talking to one priest who says, oh, I don't even go to the school anymore. You know, I, I stay away from, from, from young people now. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm going over to the school even more now. Right. You know, spending time with the teachers and with the parents and, and with the kids. And uh, I, I love it. That's that's the thing that brings the most joy to me while I'm here at the parish, and if that was taken away from me because of you know the scandals happening around the country, I'd, oh, I'd be heartbroken. Yeah, well, now's the time for the good people to step up, right? Not yeah. to change to change the the attitudes and change all the bad stuff, but keep the good stuff going. So, but yeah, that's uh, it, there's got to be something. Uh, kind of refreshing about being able to do your same day-to-day the monotonous stuff the stuff that seems repetitive but there's got to be some sort of freedom in that to know that no matter how crazy things get there's things can still say to stay the same for you just by just the sacraments and mass and all that yeah if i I didn't have the ministry i'd be going insane Mm -hmm. zach if you didn't have the podcast would you be going insane um i'm pretty sure i'm 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 going down the insanity path at at the same speed. Just to pull back the curtain with or a little without. bit, it is very late where Zach is, so I'm trying to to talk to him to keep him awake and alive. It's not. It's probably not late for most people. I'm just like a a sleepy person, <laughs> a little you know, sleepy boy, sleep sl- sleepy bear here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we may have gotten started early if I wasn't you know preaching such a long and awesome homily. Oh yeah, no, the, yeah, there was it yeah. was. A solid fifty minute or so. <laughs> yeah, the um, Lies. If, if it was yeah. if, if only if it wasn't for the holy sacrifice of Calvary being offered, um, we could have gotten this podcast on my schedule. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Yeah. You know, Jesus was inconvenient to some people. Oh. Mainly sinners. No, well, yeah. <laughs> some people, hey, that's that's co- that's a that's a, a dog whistle, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Unrepentant sinners, let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. So, have there been any interesting times where maybe you were wearing your uh your clerical garb and in public or someplace, you know, where people maybe weren't expecting to see a priest or, or anything like that? There have been some great moments. Uh, I hear from some of my priest friends, they'll talk about like maybe getting spit on or yelled at or something Whoa. like that. Yeah. Ugh. But I, it's been completely the opposite for me. I think, I think part of it is a lot of the culture here in LA may not even recognize the clerical garb anymore. Interesting. They may not even know what the color is. They see a guy walking around in black and they have no idea. I've got a priest friend who said he was walking around at Target and some lady walked up to him and said, oh, do you work here? Yeah. And he's like, no. And You know um, the Target black. Yeah, the famous, black. The famous Target color. Yeah, yeah. Only like elite Target shoppers can speak to those helpers. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a platinum club. Yeah. 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 But I find it so strange because I go all over the place in my clerics. Like I feel out of place when I'm in public without my clerics. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll I'll go to like Disneyland with friends and rocking the clerics. Yeah. So I got some pretty cool pictures of like Splash Mountain and Space Mountain, all that stuff. You know, with with the clerics. That's pretty. Nothing awesome. too inappropriate. But uh, um, Dodger games, uh, Target. Yeah. Um, yeah. No one's ever asked me. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I don't look friendly enough. Um, and. Uh, uh, so I've I've never had anything negative, especially over this last few months, happen to me walking around in public. But uh, one of the oh, one of the best encounters was at Disneyland. I was getting off the teacups and I was all dizzy, and <laughs> this mom and her little boy came up to me. Yeah. He's like, "Father, can we get a blessing?" And I'm like, "Wait, let me let me sort myself <laughs> out here." You yeah. know, I'm like stumbling out of the teacup, <laughs> and uh, but they were just down there visiting from San Francisco, and her son. Oh, she was like. Uh, you know, Dan, sing sing the song that you've been singing all day, and she's and he's all like, "This is the day the Lord has made." And I'm like, "Oh, that's the cutest thing ever." <laughs> he's like singing Psalm one eighteen all day long at Disneyland, and so, uh, oh, it's such a blessing to be able to offer them that blessing getting off the teacups. They're like, we were like, we went to Disneyland, we went on the teacups, we got a blessing from a drunk priest <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. Um, but one of the most intense moments was. Um, it was actually last July. So I was a priest for literally like a month and a half, mm-hmm. not even. It was like five or six weeks. And um, I was walking out of a bar in Long Beach, as every good priest should at some point. You know? <laughs> right. um, and, uh, but uh, I was at a rehearsal dinner for a good friend of mine. Um, I was doing her wedding the next day. And so it was going to be my first wedding wow. as a priest. And uh, it was down in uh, it was down in San Pedro was the wedding. So we had a rehearsal dinner the night before in Long Beach and walking out of this restaurant. So I got to walk through the bar. And as I'm walking out of the bar, you know, it's just it was such a good night because sometimes you're not too sure how families are going to come together at weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two families got to got together and got along so well. And, you know, it's sunset over the Long Beach Harbor, you know, the, the sun setting the the the, uh, the sailboats are racing each other into the harbor. Oh, it's, it's just it was just beautiful. Um, kind of just, you know, God is so good right now. He's and He's giving us so much gifts to this family, and there's nothing I can have to complain about in my life right now. So I walk out of the bar, and there's this 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 lady standing out there smoking a cigarette by herself, and you could tell that she rode in on the back of a motorcycle, like she's wearing like leather and denim and everything yeah. like that. And like, this is a tough. Wait, was 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 trad queen <laughs> in Los Angeles? <laughs> nice. Oh, sweet. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, and so well, I walk by her. Yeah, this this is kind of how I imagine maybe she would talk to. No, yeah. Um, but she's out there by herself, and and like I'm like afraid of her, mm-hmm. and so I just walk right by her, and I'm walking down the steps to the sidewalk, and she yells at me, "You're a priest, aren't you?" And I just kind of look back. I'm like, "Well, there's no hiding it now." Yeah, you're like, "Depends. What are you about to say?" Yeah, right. And uh, and so I just look up, and she just looks so mad, so mad, so angry, and I look back up at her, and I'm like, "Are you okay?" And she just starts shaking her head, no, and doesn't say anything else but that. And so I walk back up the steps, and I, I just stand in front of her, and she starts shaking her finger at me. I'm like, I don't what? know if I'm about to get, like, get decked or something. But uh, she Did says, you ever 
Oh, sorry. Uh, she, she's like, how can you believe in a God who does this and a God who does that? And she started telling me just what was happening in her life over the last couple of weeks. And it was intense. Ugh. It was, it was, she, God was put, not putting her through, asking her, asking a lot of her mm-hmm. those last couple of weeks, you know? And so, you know, I won't share her story, um, but you, you can imagine, you know, just so much heartbreak in the last couple of weeks. And she's like, how can you believe in a God who does this? And I, I had no answer. Right. You know? all, all I could say to her was, like, I don't believe in a God who does this. But I, I believe in a God who, who like gets into this mess with us. I started telling her a little bit about the cross. Mm-hmm. And you know, I believe in a God who died on a cross. Like I literally said that. I believe in a God who died on a cross. And we just talked a little bit about, um, you know, I'm sorry that God is asking you to love in a really difficult place right now. And it was just such a, a, a beautiful and challenging moment. Like I wanted to run away, but um, by the end of our conversation there, after like 10 or 15 minutes, I didn't think we we're going to have a conversation like that that night. She, uh, she kind of, you know, gives me a hug and just thanks me for listening. And that's awesome. And then she grabs me by the hand and says, come have some beers with us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, you know, can only imagine that moment if someone like, like tweeted that out or something like yeah. that, you know, yeah. father Tim, you know, holding the hands with this, this, you know, this blonde biker gal and going into the bar to have some beers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I declined the offer. Part of me, um, even a you know, year and a half later, wishes I'd gone in and met her friends and just kind of gotten a chance to hear their stories and chat with them a little bit. Sure. Um, and just kind of give some kind of witness and witness to their stories, hear their stories. But um, I had to get back for morning mass. And, and uh, so I just kind of tweeted out, you know, uh, hey, everyone, uh, April needs your prayers. She's going through a lot. And that was it. And so I never met her again. Um, I wish I could say she was like at mass the next day or something like that. Yeah. Got, went to confession. Right. Came to the Eucharist. I, I have no idea where she is. I guess maybe Entered I should go convent. hang out at that bar again and, and see if I run into her again. Yeah. Just, have you, yeah. Have you seen a blonde in leather? <laughs> looks like she got off a motorcycle. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Every night, bro. <laughs> just walk up to every biker dude. Yeah. There, like, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. So that, that was kind of the most intense um, walking around in public with the clerics on kind of story. But uh, I, I think about it a lot. I pray for her um, because I know there's nothing more that I could really do other than just entrust the Holy Sp- her to the Holy Spirit and say, um, God, you've got to put someone else in her life to keep walking with her right now mm-hmm. because she was going through a lot. Um, and it just struck me, you know, people do- who don't have the church don't have really anybody to share those stories with. And that's just festers in them and eats them alive. Sure. And uh, what a what a blessing it is. You know, even if I don't have the answers, just to listen, because that's 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 all people want most of the time. It just, just festers and then jumps out whenever they see a white collar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 You're a priest, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. No, no hiding it. No. Yeah. So. You should um you should like pick a day to walk around Disneyland and just go up to people and say remember you will die. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I can carry a skull with me. <laughs> yeah. That might be the yes. might be the last time you walk around Disneyland yeah. but Yeah. <laughs> Disneyland is very memento mori actually. They actually have tombstones in the Haunted Mansion that say memento mori. Oh right, they yeah. do. Yeah, there's a skull and there's a bunch of skeletons in the Indiana Jones line. Mm-hmm. And then when you get off the ride there's a skull that has what looks like a bishop's mitre on it. It's supposed to be some kind of weird temple hat sure. or whatever. But I'm just like, hey, you know, Bishop's got a memento mori too. So, uh, <laughs> but there's a lot of memento mori at Disneyland. They're like, they're like, remember you will die. And before you die, please leave all your money here at Disneyland. Yeah, I'm going to do that anyways. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Um, what do you – what are some of the things that you expected being a priest to be like that you were completely off on? Is there anything mm-hmm. – in the sem- you know what I'm trying to say? Like in the seminary, yeah. like this is going to happen, and I think this is going to happen. That you're like, oh, this is not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything like that? I don't, I don't set up a ton of expectations. Fair enough. I like I'm not very good at discernment because I just kind of jump both feet first into things mm-hmm. and <laughs> say God sort it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very adaptable in that sense. Like. Uh, I I think one of the things I was expecting more so would be uh, to be woken up in the middle of the night, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. to go to the hospital. Oh, yeah. And some, uh, some priests are, a lot of priests are. Mm-hmm. But it's it's ne- I've the latest I've ever been called for an emergency was like 11 p.m. or something like that, really? which is late enough. Yeah. Um, and one of those was 
uh, you know, I literally just crawled into bed and I got a call. Like, well, this is what I was ordained for. So I, I went over to the hospital. It was just a really beautiful moment of, you know, just being with somebody at the end of their life. And uh, I was expecting a little bit more of that. Uh, but instead, what I get is uh, emergency calls at 3 or 4 p.m. Yeah. And our hospital is two miles away. Well, our main, the main hospital that we go to is two miles away. And it could take 25 minutes to get there. Sure. Because that's rush hour down, down Venice Boulevard. And I oh, could yeah. probably bike or run over to the hospital quicker than it would take uh, for cars. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's kind of one of the, the, the strange things that I wasn't quite expecting. Well, that's what mass started tonight started like 15 minutes late because everybody was caught in traffic. Yeah. Yeah. But I expected that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the Knights of Columbus too. So yeah. <laughs> but you can talk back cause they had their swords. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're <laughs> no, they're, they're getting rid of the swords, aren't they? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Are they giving them all Maybe guns? they're keeping the swords, but getting rid of the, the cool hats. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the hats, hats are more dangerous. Oh, yeah. I saw the redesigned, I saw the redesigned, I don't know what you call it, regalia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, and it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty lame, but um, we're, we're not big fans of redesigns here, so. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Uh, we're, we're biased. That's why for 41 episodes, every episode has been the exact same. We don't change it up one. Is bit. this episode forty one? This is episode forty one. Wow! Yeah, we've come so far. I got to start listening to these. <laughs> yeah, you need to. <laughs> Please subscribe, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. Keep... So, Father, what? Um. Like you know, a lot of our listeners are are have probably not uh, are not married yet, and they're still discerning a vocation. We would think. What What advice would you give? to people because i think um you know discernment is more than just do you feel like being a priest or do you like priests or do you admire the priesthood um you know there's more to it than that what what advice would you give yeah the the advice from my spiritual director in the seminary and he would be speaking particularly into the situations of seminarians men discerning the priesthood but i think this goes to any christian vocation is to uh, to be a person of prayer at least to desire to be a person of prayer, hmm. you know, and that was that was always key for me. The the second part, you know, to desire to at least desire to be a person of prayer, um, because if you're not spending time in prayer, how do you expect God to uh, speak to you? You know, how how could we expect uh, Jesus to speak something meaningful into our lives and into our discernment if we're not even listening, right? Not even taking the time to mm-hmm. to spend listening, um, and you know, for seminarians who don't pray, that's 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 a terrifying thought. You know? um, but uh, the second part of that, so to desire to be a person of prayer, to be a person of prayer, uh, also somebody who can develop, you know, can this person develop healthy friendships? Uh, and so it was, you know, it was, the, it was the vertical and then the horizontal, right? It's just like the cross. And, um, and that was so key to seminary because you know, the most dangerous priests have been the ones who, um, who isolate themselves, who, uh, who, who don't pray and don't have healthy, intimate friendships, but are seeking intimacy in in the places that they shouldn't. Right, and so that begins in the seminary. You know, if if you're seeing a guy who uh, who can't make friendships in the seminary, you know, you don't have to be an extrovert and you don't have to get to know everybody. But if if you get a guy who's a loner and isolating himself all t- all the time at the seminary, how is that going to change when he's in the priesthood? And so, um, I think that should go for any discernment. Is you know. Um, to be discovering the ways that one could form these healthy friendships you know, you know, where, where they can you know, call you out when you're not listening to discernment, when you're, when you're not praying. And so, you know, this isn't something, discernment is not something a person does by themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, spiritual directors, so you have that mirror put up in front of you, you know, you, you go searching for God and God puts a mirror in front of you. You're like, I don't like this. I don't want to look at this. And God's like, but I want you to see you the way that I see you. And, and then you have to get rid of the stuff that is keeping you from seeing me first. So, uh, so I th- you know, just those two points of advice to begin with. It, it, it may seem overly simple, but be a person of prayer and, um, you know, find holy, healthy friendships. And I think that's a, that's a, a key to discerning one's vocation. Get to know Jesus. And do you think that? <laughs> yeah. And do you think they should especially uh, be listening to this podcast? Oh yes, 
No, this, this, is, this is one of the most important parts because this will help you grow in prayer and friendship. Right. That's, that's funny because I, I was actually, Zach, I was going to debut a new segment this week called The Guest Says Something Nice About the Hosts. That's okay. what the segment was going to oh, be. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that, I think that, that just happened. Uh, Father Tim just fulfilled that segment without even knowing it. Yeah. 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 We it's, always. It's prophetic word. Right. We always set people up to talk good about us on this show okay that's one of the that's what the people want (laughs) yeah Yeah. the the people want other people to hear other people talk good about us uh the first time we met was a few months ago at american martyrs you gave another talk about uh social media and how terrible it is and how terrible it is the thing that we're all on constantly yeah yeah uh one thing you did is you before you played was it the banjo? Oh, yeah. Zach, he played the banjo. Like Steve Martin. Exactly like Steve Martin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but so what's the deal with the banjo? What is it? Are you Do you play the guitar normally? Did you pick it up? What's What do we got going on there? The banjo was my first instrument. I was a sophomore in high school. Amazing. And I, and I liked this girl, and I thought maybe she would like the banjo. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted her to like the banjo more than I wanted her to like me. But, you know, I really wanted her to like me. Yeah. So I picked up the banjo. Yeah. And uh, obviously it didn't work out, did it? No. Well, no. the bit you got the played the banjo. I got to play so the banjo. Yeah. So yeah. it works out. Yeah. You're still playing and it. And I still play it. So that was my first instrument. Then I moved on to electric bass and then mm-hmm. acoustic guitar and the electric guitar and all kinds of weird, fun stuff. I just got a, a banduria, which is kind of like a Filipino mandolin. Really? one of our parishioners. Yeah. And you can play it? Yeah, it's like playing a mandolin. So I've got okay. a mandolin as well. i got a stand-up bass that I love to stand on and play. What is the one that – is the mandolin the one that's reverse of what the guitar is, the finger? Yes, yes. It's, so it's kind of like a violin where it's tuned to fifths rather than fourths. Okay, so, yeah. right. Yeah. It's, it's a fun – and it's a, the strings are kind of doubled up, and so it has this cool echoey you know, sound to it. That's um, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, ba- the banjo is my first love. Yeah. yeah, that in the church and Jesus. <laughs> yes, but, of but course. Then, of then course. the banjo. We'll we'll take that as as given. Yeah, and then and then the banjo. Yeah. What do you? What's your? Now I, I don't know if this is going to be a controversial question, but what do you think about the role of music within the mass? Like, oh, do you, yes. I'm I'm not setting you up for anything. I'm generally generally uh, I'm generally curious. Plus, by doing this podcast, you automatically are on the path towards the trad name. I, I'm good uh, with that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. Just so we're, yeah. that's, that's, uh, people don't realize it at first. It usually hits you like six months later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to know my background to understand what, I, how I feel about music in the masses. I grew up at St. Monica's in Santa Monica. Okay. You, you might know a thing or two. Yes. I've heard I've, a thing or two about St. Monica's. I have been there twice. Yeah. yeah. They have a 7.30 PM Sunday mass now. I think they're still doing it. I'm not sure. Okay. But when they started it, if they're, st- if they're not still doing it, it was like a bluegrass mass. Okay. And I am all for that. <laughs> I love it. It sounds great. But I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I'm a life teen guy as well. Right. And so I, I think praise and worship music can um, add something. Not that anything needs to be added to Mass. But it can, it can create a, a space for people to really enter into the sacrifice of the Mass. It can also be very distracting. Sure. I know. Right. It's, it's certainly a sacrifice. Yeah. he's still got it folks it may be 11 at night but he's still on it oh what i i i've heard a few horror stories about saint monica's to be honest like there's beach balls being knocked around during mass i've never seen that i i haven't either i've just heard you know you know how the game of telephone works it starts with one thing and then soon you know well you you can um you can actually watch they have live stream i think every week of their masses Mm -hmm. uh it's a, no, it's, a, it's a, a very the community's alive sure it, it's very much alive so there it has that going for it but what you would notice is that the choir is behind the altar interesting yeah so they have a beautiful choir loft a balcony but that's where people sit and okay. so the choir has been moved behind the altar and so there's hardly any space for the priest it's a it's a huge sanctuary space but there's very little sanctuary uh for the priest to use so when you have like concelebration mm-hmm. there's almost no space for more than like three or four more priests wow so uh, well that's too bad yeah yeah um but they they put on a great production 
and, <laughs> and they do draw a lot of people into uh, um, into a love of the mass. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's I, I'm overly optimistic by nature. Um, so that's my background. That's where I come from, and that's why I have an appreciation for certain kinds of music in mass. But mm -hmm. I I will admit there is nothing like well done uh, chant and polyphony and and something that actually you know without our even having to try it lifts up our hearts into to something that we you know, a place that we never expected would it would ever go and you just don't get the same feeling from any other kind of music i wish we had it. a i wish we had a sounder just as like got him yeah. after that <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah i agree with that and i'm yeah. sure zach you you also agree yeah especially i do every so often i'll like uh there's a like i have i don't have spotify because i'm not cool i have apple music <laughs> and so i will ask um s-i-r-i -I, if i say it out loud <laughs> one of my devices will activate right. to um to play uh, uh the the renaissance uh motet playlist mm. um and it's it's like a playlist of polyphony that's yeah. been like gathered together and it's really good so check that out and yeah i mean you just can't really miss like the sacredness of it like it, it's just impossible to miss Yeah, and churches used to be built for that music sure you know so the so the the sound of the music would be bouncing off the walls and and it would the the space would be filled with the music and the, the music would be f just filling that space and uh, and now that's i i hate microphones by the mm -hmm. way, I, I tweeted that out right Sorry before. Sorry to give you a microphone yeah, for this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't yell at everybody in the country or the world, right? Right. The international <laughs> listeners. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I tweeted about that. Like Cardinal Seurat said something about microphones in his book on silence. Oh, yeah. No, he was very clear on yeah. the, how much he does not like microphones. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I got somebody called somebody. I, I have no idea who they were on Twitter, but they called me like a Luddite for saying that. Yeah. And. I kid you not, like that was like the week I got off of Twitter, and then our sound system went down here at the parish, so our microphones are still terrible. I mean, they okay, they they put a lot of hard work into it, but it, it, they're, <laughs> they're still not great. And and so uh, immediately after I put that sentiment out there, like uh, that, you know, his his words were I don't remember exactly what they were, but it was something along the lines of um, a priest has become a slave to the microphone. And yeah. You know, so I've got nothing against using a microphone so that people in the back of the church can hear me. But having to deal with these sound system issues over the last, like, month and a half now, I've become a slave to a bad sound system. Oh, yeah. And so the way that I say the Eucharistic prayer is becoming a slave to the microphone system. And I hate it. I hate it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if it's up to me, I'm just I'm saying that part quietly to God because I'm talking to God. Sure. You know, but the people need to hear what I'm saying so that they can follow along and be saying that in their own hearts as well. But, you know, it's, it's one of the concerns that we have as priests, we should have as priests. Uh, do I have a, a preaching voice? Mm -hmm. Do I have a voice that I use that is different from my regular voice that when I'm in front of people talking, you know, and the microphone, having a microphone makes me think I'm talking to people. And so if I'm so focused on making sure I'm speaking to the microphone that's on my lapel, I'm not talking to God, I'm talking to the microphone. Right. You know, and so... Um, if I have to sacrifice people hearing me a little bit, I'm going to start, I'm going to continue talking to God during the Eucharistic prayer. Right. And the microphone makes it seem like so much more of a show, right? right. Like that you, yeah. it's hard to blame priests that when it, especially if they're looking at the congregation and they see people yawning and they have the microphone. But they don't yawn while I'm. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm oh, talking okay. about other priests. Okay. Yeah. And uh, but then it, it, it's just human nature to want to make it more of like a, stand-up comedy routine right 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 yeah because I, I can remember certain priests uh, during my seminary days where you know when they would be doing the eucharistic prayer they'd be looking around at us and they'd be speaking to us the right. seminarians yeah and uh you're like uh, no 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 that's the most important that's the yeah. the main bit guys yeah yeah great great priests just it's a weird dynamic of you know you're, you're talking to god but you're also talking to us no right yeah yeah. yeah. Well, Zach, we're getting a little long in the tooth here. Um, I, I mean, and this is fun, though. Like, I was ready to go to sleep before we started doing this, and I've been enjoying it. So, oh, so you got another four um, hours in you? I can talk about Let's myself for four more hours. <laughs> yeah. We'll do a... I got that, a day off tomorrow. Oh, that's for the, the patrons, right? We're doing oh, yeah. a special five-hour 
patron podcast with Father Tim? Yes, if you send us your money, we, you can listen to five more hours of us talking. Yeah, or you can send your money here to St. Augustine, and oh yeah, that's, too, that's and you can come hear me talk. Okay. Now the it looks like you guys are in a pretty nice facility. It, I don't. It, know. It's, yeah. it's, it's a lovely facility, um, but uh, uh, what do, what do you say to a saint of the week, fellas? Yes, let's do it. All right, this week's saint of the week is Pope Clement the First, also known as Saint Clement of Rome. He was the Bishop of Rome from 88 until 99. Mm. Not like 1888, like 88. He's considered to be the first apostolic father of the church. Oh, his feast day is uh, November 23rd. So what is that this week? That would be uh, Friday. Friday. When we can eat meat. Oh, yeah. We can eat meat. So he's... uh, He's said to have been consecrated by St. Peter, and he was basically one of the leading members of the church in Rome in the late first century, which would make sense because he was the pope. Mm-hmm. He has a shrine in Moscow and in Rome, and he's a patron of uh, mariners. Mariners? Mariners. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Mariners, like Seattle Mariners. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I guess it's late for me, too. Mariners, uh, not the baseball team, but Sailors. Basically. My high school team was the Mariners. So, oh, okay. Yeah. What high school is that? St. Monica's. St. Monica's, the, the Mariners. Yeah. The Mariners. Uh, is, he has an epistle, the Epistle of Clement, and that was, that was uh, basically one of his only writings, one of the few It's good. Writings. It's a good one. It's Check a good it out. One. Yeah. Is it long? It's it's not too long. It's not too long. And it, it gives us a really good sense of uh, that the, the Bishop of Rome was already having a concern for the universal church. Wow. Really early, that early on. Yeah, like only, what, six, 60 years, 50 years yeah, after yeah. the death of Christ? Yeah, and his name's in the Roman canon as well. Oh, that's... So I get to say his name all the time. That's pretty fantastic. What, cl- cl- uh, what does it do? Clement, Clement, Linus, Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sistus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Cassagonus, John, and Paul, Cosmos, and Damien. Yeah, you said that tonight. Yeah. Uh, there's a second epistle, uh, Clement II, Electric Boogaloo. No, uh, second Clement, but it, it's, uh, it's attributed to Clement, but some people think it was written by another author. So I don't know if you have any. Is it, is that, was it written by another author? It, it, it may have been. They, the, the scholars tell us these things, but <laughs> believe the saints, not the scholars. That's, that's a good point. I'm trying to see uh, yes. if I can find out anything about how he... Oh, he is martyred by being... T- yes, this is one of my favorite. Martyred by being tied to an anchor and thrown from a boat into the Black Sea. The Black Sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of Zach's favorites. I know. Well, okay, so like something bad happens, and you, I'll just kind of all every now and then I'm like, well, St. Clement was tied to an anchor and thrown into the sea, so... Worst things have happened. Oh, that's a good one. You know, I I try to keep it in perspective. Yeah. Like you, you know, I would recommend everybody pick a martyr, r- memorize how they were martyred, and you know, if something unfortunate happens, just remind yourself. Okay, you know, Saint Lucy had her eyes gouged out, or whatever you want to say. I mean, it, you know, it's kind of funny in a weird way if you're weird like me, but uh, it, it reminds you, you know, to put things in perspective and to, to you know, offer it up yeah, and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, my favorite is St. Barbara who got her head cut off, I think. Yeah. And then um, lightning struck her father dead because he was the one, like, who did it. Oh. Yeah, that's why she's the patron saint of artillery. Really? Yeah, yeah. My, my brother was uh, artillery in the army for a while, oh, and amazing. they had the St. Barbara's ball every year. That's amazing. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, well, this martyrs. Is- Second week in a row that we've had a Clement reference on on here. Oh, so. There we go. Yeah, Clement the man was last week. Right? Oh yeah. yeah, look at that. Father Tim is done doing his research on the on the podcasting boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. First, so first we had Clement the man. Then we had Clement the first. Whoa, Whoa. trippy. You're, know, you're, you're throwing down some sick rhymes. <laughs> oh yeah. Or I'm I'm challenging. Really a rhyme, him. We're gonna it? rap yeah. battle. It's just just words but it's all right so yeah saint clement he's the saint of the week all right zach you got any final words before we jump off here um perspective that's a good word is a word 
That's a very fantastic word. Father Tim, if they want to find you on Twitter, I know you said you're not on there much, but what's your what's your Twitter? Slowly come back on, but it's at uh, FR Tim Grumbach. Okay. Yeah, G-R-U-M-B-A-C-H. I think that's it. You're on the Instagram. You're all over. Yeah, so find me on Instagram, Father Daddy Wop. Daddy Wop. Yeah, Daddy Wop. D-E-T-T-Y. That's right. W-A-P. Every now and then after I followed you, it would pop up on your uh, like on a story, I'm and sorry. I'd just be like, who is this? And I'm like, oh, it's Father Tim. I've been wanting to change it for weeks now. Nah, it's all right. All right. Well, thank you, Father. This was great. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. First ever priest, first ever live Whoa. in-studio guest. Yeah. Wow. So Welcome uh, to my studio. Oh, it's a beautiful studio. Yeah. Yeah. Zach, go get some sleep, pal. I'm I'm so excited to get some sleep. All right. Have a have a good Thanksgiving everybody. Yeah, God bless you guys.